Hey, this is JC Starrett. And Daniel Mazzoni of You Me NFT, the project inspiring us all to follow our childhood dreams. We are here at the Edge of NFT, the leading podcast that's always here to support you in keeping your dreams alive. Keep listening. Hey there, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out how Yume and Rainbow Lobster inspire free thinkers to follow their dreams. Why empathy and patience can make all the difference in changing the world. And how the Kumite NFT collection from Hero Maker Studios sprouted from the roots of John Claude Van Damme movies and Comic Con. All this and more on today's episode. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features J.C. Sterrett and Daniel Mazzoni, the decentralized free thinkers co-creating and producing transmedia original content, art, and activism. J.C. is SVP of Partnerships for Rainbow Lobster, a creative collective from around the globe of storytellers and like-minded free thinkers who are creating narratives for a transmedia world with a big focus on bringing traditional companies, brands, artists, and content projects into the Web3 NFT and metaverse space. Daniel was homeless at 15 and now is considered the next Andy Warhol by Canadian billionaire Michael Weckerly. This renowned contemporary artist completely sold out for the seventh year in a row at the 2021 Art Basel Show in Miami, drawing a crowd of more than 1,800 people to see his magnificent works the cherry on top was the sale of his Yume NFT that sold on the final day for a whole $150,000. Stained glass artist turned digital world builder. He strives to make meaningful art that inspires people to dream bigger. His objective is to provide a new lens through which we perceive the intricacies of life to learn how to slow down, notice the little things, and take a closer look at what we already have. Man, I already have a really excellent life getting to hang out with you guys. Welcome to the show. <laughs> this is going to be a blast. Let's get rolling. Guys, welcome, welcome. Yeah, we do have a pretty cool life, huh, Ethan? We get to talk to all these amazing people all the time. Like, yeah, it's pretty dope. Like, this is like uh, episode, what, 135 or something like that. Oh, we're in the 40s. Uh, I think we're, we're going to, it's going to be in the 40s, 140s. Are we? Yeah, Oh yeah, my totally. gosh, that's even better. Amazing. And couldn't have a better couple of guests here to join us in this conversation. Guys, welcome. And let's get some background, right? Let's start with the origin story. Okay. So let's start on the Rainbow Lobster side. How did Rainbow Lobster come together? So Rainbow Lobster was a mastermind by our CEO, Sebastian Narratedera, who is also a seed. Spirit seed holder. Yeah. He's been lurking behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We got, I got to meet him at NFTLA and awesome. uh, what a deep thinker. Yeah. Cool guy. He's an icon in, in advertising and, and creative out of Latin America and globally. He basically, after selling his agency to Densu for a ton of money, obviously, and he was like, I'll never have an employee ever again. I want to create uh, what became Rainbow Lobster and create a collective of free thinkers from around the globe, basically creatives, directors, movie makers, companies, personalities, that become a part of this collective to help create the narratives that people are trying to tell, whether you're an artist, you're a company, a brand, or a project, and try to get your message out to the world. So Rainbow Lobster was founded in Los Angeles and also has a headquarters in Mexico City. I was part when it was all being created, but it was definitely, I'm not taking credit for what Sebastian has done. He brought me into it and said, you know, you're great at partnerships, you're great at PR, and I would love part part of Rainbow Lobster. And ever since then, we've been embarking on amazing stuff. And he's the one who said, you got to get into NFTs and you got to get into the Web3. And I need you to dive in there like super fast. And it was actually at ETH Denver 
that I fully fell in love. And I was like, mm. I'm DJing, I'm going all in. I'm going in the underground tunnels of NFTs and Web3. And it was amazing. It was just, it's something, the revolution that's happening and, and what's happening in the NFT space is, is pretty awesome. And I feel that it's the rave scene meets .com had a baby. And that's what Web3 is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that description. I don't know if we've heard that one before, but it does seem apropos. Dan, man, how about you? What led you to the world of NFTs, man? I mean, obviously a very accomplished artist for a long period of time. Like, what was that trigger for you? I've been making physical artwork for 12 years and it's, you know, God bless. It's been a really great ride and a lot of great things have happened. So, you know, for the last year or so, people have been asking me to make, you know, NFTs. And I thought, you know, all my work has to be meaningful. And I, I think there really has to be a message, you know. So I thought, you know, making digital pieces of my physical pieces that I make on the wall, like the one you see behind me. I didn't really just want to sell myself out to a paycheck and, and actually not to reproduce stuff that people already have and just, you know, just collect a paycheck. There was no meaning to it. So I was a little bit standoffish about it, but it's not that I, I thought NFTs were great. I just, I wanted to be a part of it. I didn't know how. So there was actually a moment where I thought, okay, I really want to do this. How do I do this? So I have a character, Yumi, which I created about six years ago and I've been making sculptures and it's been a real hit. And that character stems from, I mean, I was homeless for five years. So, you know, I didn't get a chance to really follow my dreams right away. So I wanted to create a character that would really inspire people. So I created Yumi, which means dream in Japanese. Yumi is actually a child wearing bunny rabbit pajamas. It's supposed to represent the child that becomes the person they're supposed to be, no matter what. You follow your dreams. And even if you want to wear bunny rabbit pajamas every day, you do it. Yumi is actually genderless, so it represents everyone. And, you know, I thought, okay, well, that's inspiring. But still, what's the correlation between NFTs and, and crypto in this world? And for me, the correlation was, well, if you asked anybody 10 years ago about crypto and, you know, digital artworks being displayed in the metaverse as a gallery, people would have thought it was a sci-fi movie or you were crazy. But all the people, the pioneers that started all this, they really believed in it. Guys like you, guys like me and guys like them and women like them, they all believed in this and they never looked back. And now we're, they're changing the world for the way we see it forever. So that's the correlation. Yumi's a dreamer and so are these people. And, and Yumi makes big things happen just like these people did. So that's why I wanted to create a collection of Yumi NFTs. Cool. Yeah, I love how that connection pans out and it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, congrats to you for finding your way on your journey. It sounds like it's been quite an interesting ride. Interesting is a great word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to get through. And that's a whole topic of a, a totally other podcast episode. I'm sure we could talk through that story. But I want to talk about probably something that could be related, like activism. I know you guys are passionate about activism and curious how you can communicate with the audience, how you promote activism through art. Well, I mean, uh, you know, with giving back is a huge deal for me. I mean, I've been giving back every year with my regular artwork. I always donate for, you know, children's charities or women's charities. I mean, women's charities are a big one for me as well. My mom was also homeless when we were kids. So that's always been a big deal for me. So I like to help out in both ways. And, you know, I think that's kind of why we made our collection really small as well. I didn't want it to be a project that was just about money. It was about creating the community smaller so we could find the right people and not just a bunch of people buying it to flip it because we want to bring like-minded people together and to show that, you know, we weren't just a project about making money. You know, well, we created an NFT for the Ukraine, which was in Times Square for two weeks that we auctioned. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to be able to donate $40,000. So being able to do more and more things like this with our NFTs and, you know, in the future, what we'd like to do is you know, be able to find people that would sponsor and, you know, maybe with every NFT sold, we could, you know, get a water filter system for people that are underprivileged and don't have this sort of stuff. So giving back is really a big deal for me. That's great. Yeah. And I love this, yeah. this idea of having each NFT connected to something, you know, we're doing that with our living tree NFTs that are coming out where each one is going to plant 25 trees and we did it with our spirit seeds where we offset the annual 
carbon emissions equivalent of like one individual for one year with each of those, right? And until you do it, I mean, we wrote that check, you know, when, when the collection sold yeah. out recently and it's like, wow, no, that happened. Like you awesome. can really affect the world in a really incredible, positive way. And people can feel it on an individual basis when you have an NFT collection, right? That right, their right. NFT connects to something specific. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And I really think that, you know, there's so many issues in the world that need to be fixed. And sometimes we feel like the world is so big and we're just by ourselves. And, you know, is what I'm doing going to be enough? But I think, you know, this project and projects like the Spirit Seeds, and I think the more that there are these projects that are giving back and helping, it's so much easier to fix the world when you have, you know, so many people helping out and also getting something in return. 100%. Yeah. And some of the best give back programs are rooted in things that do generate tremendous amounts of value for everybody involved and typically for-profit ventures that if crafted the right way with the right DNA can impact the world in really meaningful ways that in many cases, even a nonprofit can't do. It's just not positioned to do. So it's so cool to see so much of that evolve from the world of NFTs and all that it represents. You know, on that note, I think we, we mentioned it in the intro, the idea of decentralized free thinkers. And we wanted to ask, like, what does that mean to you guys? What does decentralized free thinkers mean to you in your universe? The free thinkers obviously is, you know, people that are not afraid to go beyond the box, right? To think completely out of the box, to freely think, you know, to be bold, to be courageous, to have, you know, with your thoughts, with your storytelling, to have that ability to think free and then to have a big impact, right? We're used, and this is what I think what the Web3 community and what's happening in Web3, right? Because it's like, there's this revolution happening and we come from working with corporate worlds and corporate brands. We're like, you kind of have to fit into their box and you kind of have to think their way. And even if when you're telling their story, you got to, you don't totally have that ability of being a free thinker, right? And the decentralized is really is the spirit of the Web3 space and the crypto space, right? So when you have those two combinations, you can not only make a big splash and make a big impact, but you can also use innovation, technology, community, so many things to tell that story. So it's really where it spawns from. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And there's probably like some unlearning that has to be done, right, as well. Like when you've been in that corporate environment or you're coming from that corporate environment, right, to be able to legitimately internalize that, that way of viewing the world, right? It's tough. It's really tough. We've got right. all these Well, one thing that we have very clear is we push the envelope even of corporations and why yeah. people come to us is because they are, at the end of the day, also looking for that because mm-hmm. creatives create, yeah. you know, and corporate world and tech guys, they create too, but they're building something else. So it's like, as much as we need them, they need us. But what they need from us is for them to be able to tell their story properly. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's funny, even like, it just reminds me of a conversation I had with my son who's four years old this morning, where he was going to visit another teacher's class. He was moving from one class to the other. And just when you think of free thinking, un- unencumbered thought, he was just going to visit the class because he might be joining this other teacher's class next year, right? He's four. He doesn't, he doesn't know. And he said, oh, is uh, my teacher's class, is it broken? Like, why am I going? It's broken? It's a, the class broke or something, right? And it was just a, such an interesting statement, right? You're like, oh, that's you know, four-year-old. It's completely unencumbered thought, right? It's just like, well, why do you have to go do this thing if you didn't do that? Because the thing might be broken, right? Like, it's just like this interesting view. It would never <laughs> cross my mind, right? And so it's just like, man, even just like such a small thing like that reminds me of exactly what you just talked about and, and having the capacity to even introduce a thought like that that would probably never cross any of our minds, right? Very yes. cool stuff. Man. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, add a little bit, and this is why we love working with Daniel because, and what this character Yume represents is that too. Yume is that genderless free thinker who is out inspiring the world to dream and to chase and to never give up. Right, Daniel? Exactly. Let's chat about Yume a little bit more. It's a good transition. And we'll let you take it, JC. If Daniel, Daniel's adjusting his camera here, we'll see who, uh, who can jump in when, when I finish asking the question. But <laughs> we just talk about the details, you know, the scoop on how it works, uh, utility, 
maybe even a little bit about the kind of essence of the artwork and give the listener like an auditory uh, download of, of kind of the visuals there. Yeah. Anything you guys can add? Yeah. So there's definitely uh, several utilities that we have, right? But one of the biggest utilities in this project for us, we feel is the art because this is an art-based project that it has a lot of, one, Daniel's a very established artist with a lot of traction with his artwork. And when you're taking art that is meaningful and has a lot of background with it, we feel that, and not only we feel, but we're also seeing it and hearing it in the space. The art is a lot of times the biggest utility that you can offer because there's something behind that already, right? It's not just something new or it's something that exists. The other part that we feel is the creating of inspiration, inspiration for others, is a, creating a community that inspires, you know, helping build even and welcoming to build this community, helping our community build this community that we're building to inspire. Because I think right now where we're living in this world and is a lot of people are, have lost inspiration, have lost vision. And, you know, there's a lot of lost souls in the world. And I feel that the Web3 community and the NFT space is kind of giving that back to a lot of people. And during COVID, a lot of people, all they had was their DGEN communities or their Discord communities. And that alone is like created this whole movement of inspiring others. So we're going that. But going into deeper to utilities, it's like we're working with a physical part of getting a print in a, a unique and Daniel's going to have some prints made. He never really makes prints, but there's going to be a, a print made of really nice high-end print of a Yume that each holder will get. And it's going to be hand-touched by Daniel. Also, obviously, he's going to have his signature on there. So you're going to get a physical piece of art with you as a holder, right? And the longer you hold it, too. Yeah, that you won't have, that you don't have to turn in either. No, because sometimes people want you to burn your NFT to get the art. No, we're giving you the art with the NFT. Nice. Right. Then obviously also having access because Daniel has a lot of things. You know, he has a really big presence in our Basel. He has a great event at our Basel. So giving holders the ability to come to a private showing of at our Basel show. So it'll be for holders exclusively with Daniel there and all his art. And, you know, we'll have the NFTs up. We'll have the sculptures up. And you get to meet Daniel and it'll be exclusive to them. And that we feel that, you know, people want to have that ability to actually to have that. Right. We have a couple other stuff there, but I feel that those key things, am I missing one that's important, Daniel? Yeah, well, we have an estate in Pavia as well, where we create sort of like a Yumi clubhouse where we can bring people together. I think the biggest idea behind actually doing the project was, you know, Yumi being the dreamer, I think with things being decentralized and, you know, and, and Twitter being taken over, thank God. I mean, the thing that kind of annoyed me was in the last year with cancel culture and, you know, and the government's, you know, uh, hiding media and what's actually happening and everything sort of tailored for what they want us to see. Well, now in this decentralized land, you know, having a small community of like-minded thinkers and dreamers come together that buy this because we want people that think like us right so if people that buy this nft come together you'll have an avatar of this yumi you'll be able to go to the clubhouse and how great would it be to be people that are like-minded and, and think like you because the only way the world will ever change the only way we're going to have inventions the only way penicillin was invented or the car was because people had dreams and people are innovators and i think the more that our ability to speak freely is taken away. It takes away our ability to actually grow. So having this clubhouse and hosting events that I'll go to live and, and in the metaverses, I think it's a nice place to bring these people together to really make a difference in the world and, and make some change. Where did you say the events, uh, the space was? Well, it'll be in Pavia, which is from Cordano. And we're working on other metaverses as well where we'll create clubhouses so you can kind of travel to all of them cool and it'll be nice where you can bring like your yumi helmet that you'll get with an nft and be able to go to these places and meet other people that bought them and, and host events maybe with music or maybe it's just a chat about a topic 
But I think it's really important that, you know, these types of people stick together and really help change the world. Because sometimes you feel like you're by yourself. You don't know how to do things. But if there's a group of people, the energy's there to really do something. Just to touch upon that little sliver of my question as well. Can you just like paint a picture of the picture? Like, you know, tell us about the colors and the, what kind of feelings it yes. evokes and, you know, kind of what's going on there. Um, so in the terms fun of, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what I wanted to do with this project and another reason we made it small was because I wanted to hand detail all of them. So none of the stuff is computer generated. Each one has been gone through and picked colors, faces, collages, what accessories are on there, what's happening in the background. Everything has been tailored by myself and the team. And I wanted to do that because there's more soul to it. And I think, you know, seeing, you know, so many projects where it just looks like, you know, one's got a cigar, one's got this, one's got that. And there's no real life to it. And I think that all my pieces, whether they be digital or real, have to have some sort of touch for me or I don't feel confident. I'm not proud of it. So each one is there. There's going to be colorful ones. There'll be dark ones. There's ones for, you know, some that are happy, some that are more like superhero-like, some that are inspiring. Some, you know, we have topics of uh, women's pride and, uh, and, and gay pride. And we have, what uh, are the other collabs that we have? We've had like sports collabs. We have, there's something for everybody there. And every detail has been kind of gone over with all of us. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks for diving deeper. Yeah, man. And so, so like so much of this is about inspiration, right? And, and, you know, influencing people in ways that are about those underlying values you talked about earlier, free thinking and open-mindedness. So, you know, I'm curious as to how you think about this project inspiring folks to chase their dreams. You know, how do you, how do you view that? Like, what are the things that you see in the project that can spark something in somebody? that could completely change their life? Like, how, how do you view that part of this project? Well, okay, that's a great question. So I think, you know, there's two parts to it. So one of them being the character and what it means. Right. So you see this character, but then again, it's just a character. So why would I be inspired by just this character? I think the other part of it is my story, you know, from someone who had nothing. I had a rough childhood. I was homeless for five years, sleeping in, you know, movie theaters that were $2 and subway trains and you know, it was not easy. And I think there's some people that have it even worse that I had it. But I think the idea behind my story and that character and you being able to wear this suit, per se, maybe my story is the inspiration that it can be anybody. And that's why Yumi is generous, because it is anyone. Mm-hmm. So I think it's my story and the character together that will go, Hey, look, this guy can do it. Anybody can do it. You know, it doesn't matter how hard life is and what life throws at you. There's always people there. And, and the thing is, I wouldn't have got there if there wasn't support. So I had support from people yeah. that cared about me. And that's what this is. It's a community where it's like, hey, one person's down. All right, I'll be your rock to lean on. I can help you do this. And so that's what it is. It's a community about people helping each other. It's, it doesn't mean you have to really change just the world. Maybe it's something simple. Maybe you meet someone. It could be, it's just a community of people who care. And people are yeah. going to be there to help you when you're down. You know, it's yeah. not just about like creating some brilliant invention. That's not where I'm getting at. It could be something as simple as, hey, you know, like I'm having uh, problems in my life. Maybe I just need someone to talk to that I really respect. Yeah. And that's what it is. So it's the character and, you know, my story. Beautiful. I can definitely see that inspiring people to change their lives. There's no question about that, man. So much to draw on there in terms of inspiration. And, you know, the idea that, you know, we give a shit, right? Like just that idea and to actually align those words with actions, you know, is something that is, it's more rare than you would hope, right? And it's great to see what you guys are doing along those lines and putting basically those words into practice and, you know, inspiring people. So this is very cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. I can't help but recall. And I, when I was teaching as a graduate student at the Hunter College in New York City, I had a teaching assistant who was an incredibly sharp young man, but he was falling behind on some of his teaching assistant duties and kind of had to take him aside and, you know, say, Hey man, like what's going on? And I was all, oh, my mom's in the hospital. 
you know, and, and I said, Oh, okay. Well, so you, you have to stay with your family or, you know, right now or your family. He's like, Oh, I don't have any other family. You know, like that's just me and my mom and my mom is in the hospital. Anyways, I found out that this kid had been homeless and he had written a book. He had somehow like, you know, developed the relationships and the sort of ambition and kept his dream alive, as we're saying, well enough to have been a published author already at that point. You know, I think he did it while he was in high school. And I think what's really fascinating about this is it connects to what you were saying, just about people caring and also people noticing and having those dreams. Also, it's impressive that he wrote a book. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. it's also impressive that he was just a teaching assistant. He was able to pull that off. And, and he's able to live in a world where he doesn't even know that if you're having a problem like that, you could tell the person that you're working for about it. Oh, I, yeah. it's just me and my mom. I'm sorry. Like, that's why I'm not delivering these things. Right. But yeah, it's the simple things that really make a difference at all levels. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. And a lot of times, you know, the story that we show to the world is not truly the story that's really happening. And I think that that this is part of what Yume is, is to be able to, for people to share their story also. Mm. Right. And like Daniel, it's like, it's heartwarming and touching and sometimes emotional when he speaks about his story, because it's like, I couldn't even imagine what he went through compared to where he is now. It's like, it really, it can happen to anybody and anybody can come out ahead pretty much. I think, I mean, it is, that's a broad statement, but I believe if you really chase your dreams. Well, yeah. I mean, it's possible for most, I would say. Most, and, yeah. and, and that's where the charity aspect comes in and helping give back because at the end of the day, there are people, you know, in Africa that their first thought is where do I find water? Right. So for people living in a situation where we can have the ability to dream, then it's easy. But for the people that we can't, I mean, that's why our goal is with the NFTs to, you know, provide people with the basic necessities so they can actually get to a point in the day where they have time to dream and not worry about where's water, where's food, where's the, you know, the basic uh, Maslow's hierarchy, first level stuff. Right. So that's what it is. It's about bringing like-minded thinkers and also giving the chance to someone else who may would never even have a chance to dream. Tell us what projects, collaborations, partnerships, do you have anything you want to mention that you're doing with you, May? And we always also like to kind of hear what you're inspired by outside of your own, uh, your own projects, but yeah. Well, um, we're here with you guys, right? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously we've been dying to do this. You know, you guys are leading the force and in the space. So we're, you know, we're excited to be doing this and obviously reaching out to the community where we've been reaching out to the community and growing the community. But I would love for Daniel to talk about some of the great collaborations he has in the pipeline because there are some really cool ones. Yeah, we've done one with uh, Marcus Strowman, the pitcher of uh, the Cubs. One with, uh, we're working on for Eva Longoria. One with Not Your Bro. Another one with Antonym. And then uh, we have a few that are pending that we're also working on, but yeah, pretty a lot of exciting stuff. And there are all a lot of projects from people that didn't have the easiest pathways or people that have a great message. So we're excited to work with a lot of them. Cool. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on that fellas. Thank you so much for sharing all the details. And again, couldn't be more excited for what you created and also the impact it's going to have on people's lives. So we'll be, following you very closely and hopefully have an opportunity to collaborate again real soon. Thank you. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. 
Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. So as Ethan mentioned, we do want to shift gears just a smidge and move to segment two, which we call Edge Quick Hitters. It's basically a fun, quick way to get to know you a little bit better. And we're looking for like short, single word or fewer answers. We can dive a little deeper here or there. And we'll have both of you guys answer each of these 10. Are you ready to to dive in on these things? I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. All right. (laughs) Question number one. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? JC, let's start with you. It was Susie and the Banshees album nice. vinyl. It was my first vinyl. <laughs> Score. That's solid. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Daniel, how about you? Oh, that's easy. Uh, I think I was in grade three, Superman's Dead comic. I still haven't taken it out of the white plastic. Get out of here. What a freaking score. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And the forethought, right? To just keep it in there. Talk about a holder. I was kind of pissed when he came back, though. So, uh, no, it was the the black plastic, and I got the white plastic one right after. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. (laughs) Question two, JC. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? I don't know if it's a possible. Can I say that on here? (laughs) <laughs> Let's just say marijuana. I don't know. Is that what it was? <laughs> no, 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 no. A rave ticket. A rave ticket. A that rave right. ticket. Okay. Nice. Yeah, nice. I was a rave that's promoter. So. Nice, right. dude. Nice. Sounds, that's pretty vanilla. Yeah. Daniel, <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. No, I'm just Daniel, how about you? I don't know if this is good to answer. Um, <laughs> first thing I sold? I don't know. That's a tough one. Other than weed and ice water, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, man. That's what you remember, brother? That's good. Um, I was going to stick with that. I can't remember. It's legit. It's all legit. It's I mean, retroactively it's legal. legal. Don't worry about it. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. These days. Question three, JC. What is the most recent thing you purchased? One that I really like is I bought the Luna, e, that NFT by Luna Inikuta. The Japanese artist and then wow. that, that I really nice. am. That was the most recent. Okay, cool. Yeah. Daniel, how about you? Most recent thing you purchased? A trip to Italy. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Kind of get over yeah, there I'm soon. Excited. That'd be yeah. Fun. Yeah. Question number four JC, what is the most recent thing you sold? What is the most recent thing I sold? A really awesome campaign to MasterCard Latin America. Ooh. Nice. Intriguing. We'll keep an eye for that one. Uh, Daniel, how about you? Yesterday, I sold three pieces to a client of mine. Rock and roll. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Question number five. JC, what is your most prized possession? My family. All right. Daniel, how about you? Time. Mm. Time for me. Because I mean, with time... You get to have more family time, more health, more, more time to work on bettering. Indeed. Indeed. I can't buy more time. (laughs) You know, I know I just got to make a comment on that because it's, yeah, the thought crossed my mind a few times recently, you know, you get a little bit older and you start thinking about how you're getting older and you're like, oh, I'm going to be older tomorrow and older again tomorrow. But you don't think about how all that time you've got left, you know, (laughs) like just flip it on its head. Right. Yeah. All the time you got left, you got to use it. You got to appreciate where you're at because you're going to look back and say, oh, man, I wish I was back there. That's a fact. Yeah. All right. Question six. We'll flip the order a little bit. Daniel, if you could buy anything in the world, 
digital, physical service and experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? An experience for sure. And I think it would be a trip to space. Mm. There it is, the trip to space. We I think we're going to have to book. And we're just going to have to book the soon. rocket ship. Yeah, it's coming, man. It's coming. We're gonna we're gonna fill that up with our guests. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh yeah, <laughs> JC. How about you? Just to spice it up, Twitter. Hey, all right, there we go. Nice, man. Nice. It is currently for sale. That's a fast. You got a lowball Elon Musk. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Question number seven. Daniel, if you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? I think passion for sure. Mm. I'm mm. going to say work, work ethic, but passion kind of goes more into, you know, you work hard, you're passionate about your life, your family, your health. I think when you yeah. have passion, it's sort of the one recipe for success in anything, in for any sure. aspect. For yeah. sure. Nice, man. JC, how about you? Empathy. 100% empathy. Yeah. I tell you, when we were talking earlier, both of you guys, you know, we were talking about, you know, the impact it can have and, and, you know, really connecting with other people. Like that was the first word that came to mind as you guys were both speaking about it. Yeah. Empathy. Super important. Question eight, flip side, a little more fun. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Uh, Daniel? Definitely uh, more patience. Uh-huh. Need more patience. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. Being impatient. <laughs> yeah. Impatient. I can relate, man. I can relate. Yeah. JC, uh, how about you? Me, like, I struggle with sometimes confidence. So not lacking confidence sometimes. Yeah. Well, I'm, you yeah. know, question it. And it's also because of my upraising, but lacking confidence sometimes. Yeah. Roger that. All Appreciate right. that for sure. All right. All right. Question number nine. Daniel, what'd you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was making artwork. It's right here on the, on the floor. <laughs> oh, there it is. Work in progress. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. There's a 14-foot piece I made, yeah. Very cool. JC, how about you? Was on a Zoom call. Hey. <laughs> making it happen. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Making it through without that Zoom fatigue. Good job, man. Good job, buddy. Yeah, for sure. All right, last one, guys. Question 10. Daniel, what are you going to do next after the podcast? I got to finish this piece on the floor. <laughs> yeah, hey, I work, all right. Work on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a few commissions to do, and then I'm making a piece for a museum, actually, for September 29th. So, mm. yeah, I got a 20-foot piece to make. I got a lot ahead of me. I'll be here till late. Yeah, I guess so. All right, cool. JC, how about you, man? What are you going to do next after the podcast? I'm going to physical therapy, the chiropractor. Nice. Oh, damn. Living on the edge. That's it. <laughs> that's the consequence, right? Hey, guys, that's the Edge Quick Hitters. Thanks so much for sharing with us. We do appreciate it. Yes. Ethan, word on the street is we got a special hot topic for today. That is correct. And it's going to be fun here. So today's sponsored hot topic is all about Kumite. Kumite consists of 9,600 custom illustrated generative villains and superheroes. Each of these characters is genetically generated from a comprehensive custom code set with 240 plus unique traits. At Mint, each 2D NFT is completely random with a unique look and identity. You can check NFT rarity using your rarity tool on the website. As the story unfolds, each character in this collection has a critical role to play in the Kumite universe. Sounds amazing and like a leap forward in how NFTs are crafted and utilized. Now, we are actually, for this hot topic, lucky to have Garib Seamus, CEO and co-founder of Hero Maker Studios, to BS with us a little bit about Kumite today. So, Garib, uh, why don't you jump on here and unmute yourself and... We caught you on a delayed flight, and so you're you're right there. Yes. It's a Delta checkout, whatever baggage oh, claim. It's great to have you here, man. That's a big uh, big plug for Delta, right there. <laughs> oh, Delta, I think Delta is always the go-to airline that comedians make fun of, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we caught you midstream, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, dude, dude tell us about Kumite. Like, what's the story there, man? This is a really like exciting project, like a next level NFT. 
Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, my whole life has been in the superhero business. So I started Wizard Magazine literally when I was 21 years old. And by the time uh, the mid-90s rolled around, we were selling hundreds of thousands of copies all over the world in 75 countries and dozens of languages. And we decided to have a party for the magazine. And we called it Comic-Con. And literally 20,000 people showed up. And it was just this magical moment when all these, all the geeks and the nerds of the world showed up and partied. I mean, it was really a, a place where we all felt really comfortable because certainly being a geek and a nerd back in those days was not, uh, you know, that was like very, like being made fun of basically. Yeah. It wasn't a popular Netflix show about geeks and nerds or something. <laughs> yeah. So it really set the whole, it really galvanized the whole movement. I mean, we really, it was all pre-internet. So it was the mid nineties. So we got people to dress up in costume and we gave out prizes and then we'd show the pictures in the magazine and they went worldwide and everyone was like, holy crap, look what's going on here. And then the next year, you know, the costumes got bigger and better. And then before you know it, you know, everybody started throwing these events and hosting the uh, cosplay contests. It was incredible. You know, what kind of germinated out of Comic-Con, just like how we affected not only the fan culture and the superhero and comic book world, but, you know, I think we've had just a massive impact on, on all fan culture in lots of different industries. Cool. All right. That soaked in. Now I can have an yeah. appreciation for it. Let's walk it forward to Kumite and what's going on there. And is there a connection? Let us know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So my whole life has been around, uh, you know, comic books and collectibles and, and trading cards and trading card games and action figures. And with Kumite, I started a, a company uh, with my co-founder, Scott Donald, about uh, it's called Hero Maker. And the idea was to build out an entire new universe of characters that we can uh, turn into NFTs. And so we basically created our first character franchise called Kumite. And if you guys saw the movie Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah. yeah, the fight tournament in there was called Kumite. So when I grew up, that was like one of these things that was like, oh my God, like that tournament like meant everything. So, so the first franchise that we created is called Kumite, and it's an epic battle between heroes and villains. Created 12 families of heroes, 12 families of villains. So it's everything from angels and demons to wizards and warlocks and fairies and goblins and uh, superheroes and cosmic villains. And we're creating 400 characters in each family, and they all have a different body type. So the reality is that we're, we've got uh, so many unique characters being created. And so we originally designed over 240 unique characters, and that turned into 9,600 generative characters. But what we're doing about it is not only are we doing the NFTs, but also we built in gaming mechanics into all of them. So we're going to be able to run an entire fight tournament with the characters, which really kind of takes NFTs to the whole next level, right? So much about what people are doing is they're like, they're encouraging you to to not do anything with your NFTs, right? They're encouraging you to stake them or nest them. But in our case, we're like, we want you to bring them out to fight. So it's almost like the exact opposite of what other people are doing out there. And I can see Daniel is absolutely enthralled here. You've got a fan. Oh, uh, you weren't cool. here. You weren't here earlier because, you know, you're doing your flight rigmarole. But we asked him what was, what, his first purchase, right? Or no, your first, yeah, your first purchase ever yeah, in his first life. Purchase. Was a comic yeah, book. Yeah, it was Gray uh, Three. It was when Superman died, and the, but I still have it in the black plastic, and I still have the one when he came back, and I still, I still oh, dying right. to open them, and I never did. Yeah, we did an entire yeah. issue uh, devoted to Superman and Doomsday, and we did this like really cool foil yeah. cover with Wizard, where it was like etched uh, foil. It was pretty incredible. No, that's really cool. No, I, I love Comic Con. I, I actually feel honored to uh, to get got to share a show with you. And you know, I've been obsessed with comics since I was a kid. And I love your idea of what you're doing with the NFTs. It's super cool. Very, yeah, very you know, cool. so much of what we did in the comic book world, you know, with we created exclusive comics, we did foil covers, we did limited editions. You know, I was actually uh, I had dinner with uh, Max Lavelle, one of the creators of Crypto Kitties. And it turns out that he was a big wizard fan growing up. And in the magazine, we would polybag trading cards. So he kind of turns to me, he goes, you know something, you guys would like the first ones to ever do an airdrop. And it was like, just like kind of hit me that like a lot of the stuff that we're seeing today in the Web3 world, like are really cool versions of what we used to do. And now, now that we have this kind of digital NFT world to play with, there's so many new things that we could bring to bear here. Oh, totally, man. It 
I wanted to ask, like, so with the tournament, you know, for the Kumite characters, did they evolve based on their performance in the tournament or their like attributes that they, they gain or lose based on what the results are? How does that actually work? Yeah, so it's actually going to evolve over time. So right now, we're setting up a bracket system for the families to fight one another because we really want to encourage families and community. So if you're an angel, the whole angel clan will go against, let's say, the whole goblin clan, right? And the whole superheroes might go against, you know, the monsters, you know, and steampunks might go against, uh, let's say, maybe the goblins or something, right? So, so we're setting up all these big family matchups. So you're actually in it with all your other family members. And what we've done is each character has thousands of different, like we have thousands of different weapons and armament, and we're in the process of assigning all those things values because we're going to be building a trading card game and a play to earn game as well. So as those get developed, the tournaments are going to start migrating into a lot more. And then also we're going to create a lot of training opportunity where people are going to be able to train their characters and up level them. So over time, you know, we want people as they take ownership of these characters through their NFTs, they can just keep building their characters more and more into who they want it to be. I mean, that's really the beauty of where this is all going. Wow. Yeah, that, that sounds really exciting. And we're, we're all really excited about it. But I don't yeah. think your quote for the episode is going to be, we want to encourage families to fight one another because just out of context, <laughs> it doesn't quite, doesn't quite make it sound as fun as it actually is. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Right. Yeah. Well, they're, they're yeah. all artificial beings, so yeah, no yeah, one yeah. No, actually dies, right? Yeah. Yes. Only That's on true. this show. Only on this show. Does that yeah. sound awesome? <laughs> yeah. But what's so good about it is that, you know, we're really embracing what Web3 and the technology has to offer, right? So, and through ownership and commercial ownership that people have with the characters, you know, everything is about the story, right? So we're giving everybody the tools and the backstory and the battle that they can now create their own stories, right? So kind of the philosophy of the company is the whole hero's journey. So it's not about you being on our journey where like, let's say you watch a, a film or TV show or you play a video game, you know, you're watching somebody else become the hero of their journey. What we're doing is we're making it so that you can become the hero of your journey. And we're gonna give you all the tools to maybe create your own comic book and create your own stories. and be part of our universe. So it's not just us telling the stories, it's you telling the stories. So imagine, you know, compressing 50 years of Marvel stories into just years because we can have thousands of people telling the stories of the Kumite universe. Well, Garib, I don't know uh, we could be any more excited about what you're yeah. working on there as you know, fans and lovers of fun and entertainment and comics and NFTs and everything that's coming together under the roof of what you're working on, man. I know our listeners are going to be really excited about that as well. We want to make sure that they know where they can follow you, follow the project and stay abreast of everything that's happening. Where should we point them? So the best place to go is on Twitter at Kumite NFT. And then also on Discord, they could follow us at uh, Hero Maker Studios. And that on Kumite, we can we have links to our Discord. You can follow me at Garib on Twitter and at Garib Seamus and at Garib Seamus on uh, Instagram. But the best place is at Garib on Twitter and at Kumite NFT on Twitter. That's great. Well, look, really appreciate you joining us here for a bit to share all the fun stuff you're doing there with Kumite and Hero Maker. And I guess you're out in VCon right now, out in yeah. Minneapolis. I'm uh, going to experience that. This episode will come out afterward, but I will be on the ground out there here in a couple of days. So uh, oh, hopefully cool. we get to cross paths live and in person. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm going to be speaking at VCon. Uh, my first conversation I ever had with Gary, he talked about like how he grew up reading Wizard Magazine. So for me, this yeah. is like the greatest <laughs> thrill to be able to be on his stage now and be able to speak to everybody about NFTs and the future of where this is all going. Yeah, brother. Hey, your reach is far and wide with what you did with Wizard. And I think we're in for uh, some similar reach here with what you're doing with Kumite and Hero Maker. So yeah, we'll be watching closely, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care. Congratulations. That's awesome. Crazy. So yeah, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. This is a, yeah, this is a that, great guys. episode. Yeah, nice I, nice I mix love, here. I love his intro. He just kind of brushed through it. Yeah, you know, I kind of created Comic-Con and Wizard. And <laughs> like, <hold laughs> it was on, like dude, such right? a big deal. He's just kind of hold like, on. Yeah. Isn't that it right there, guys? Yeah, so no. Yeah. Some... The world a bit. 
some fun <laughs> synergies there, guys. Some fun stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out there. Yeah, so many cool creators going to be on the ground out there in Minneapolis, and uh, looking forward to spending a little time with them at VCon here in a couple of days. So, should we do our official walkout, Jeff? Yeah, most definitely. Cool. I think what first thing we want to do is make sure that our listeners know where to find you guys and follow you guys and everything you're up to with mm-hmm. Yume and Rainbow Lobster and just all the amazing projects you're working on. So please let us know where they can go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, one way to do it is at, uh, on our Twitter, Yume and at UBFTs. And then, of course, if you want to see me actually creating artwork physically, I mean, my, my Instagram is always great at Daniel Mazzoni Art. That's it. Nice. Beautiful. And JC, how about you? Right at, at Rainbow Lobster on Twitter and at Rainbow Lobster uh, on Instagram. That's definitely. And if you want to follow me, LinkedIn, JC Sterrett. <laughs> <I'll> LinkedIn. <laughs> hey, all right. Perfect. Great. Hey, and word on the street is we got a very generous giveaway we're going to be running, which is three UMA NFTs and access to the dream list. That's the pre-sale list. So keep an eye out on our socials for the details there. Anything special we want to add, Daniel or JC to that? I was just yeah, looking forward to getting the right people on board and yeah. having a fun adventure. That's it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, most definitely. Yeah. So keep an eye out on that. We're really excited to do that again. Thank you for your generosity there. It really means a lot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. You guys are great. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Yeah. So, Guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thank you for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.